0: The president speaks on unity and
1: strength.
2: The state of the union is strong because you, the American people, are strong.
0: Russia closes in on Kyiv. People here in the capital are really hunkering down. Strike three for opening day.
2: We need to regroup and figure out how we're going to move the process forward.
0: Good morning. I'm Deborah Rodriguez with the CBS World News Roundup.
2: Madam Speaker, the President of the United States.
0: President Biden delivered his first State of the Union address at the Capitol last night. Many lawmakers wore blue and yellow, the colors of Ukraine, and waved the flag of the embattled nation. White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy.
1: President Biden said Vladimir Putin has no idea what's coming. While he may make gains on the battlefield. He'll pay a continuing high price over the long run. Mr. Biden announced Russian flights will no longer be allowed to fly over U.S. airspace. Putin is now isolated from the world more than he has ever been. He had this message for Americans worried about the Ukraine crisis. We're going to be okay. On inflation, Mr. Biden said he understands the pressures Americans feel. I get it. He argued his social spending plans would help. What are we waiting for? Let's get this done. We all know we've got to make changes. On the pandemic, Mr. Biden hailed the new CDC mask guidance as he called for a COVID reset. People working from home can feel safe and begin to return to their offices. He urged an end to pandemic-fueled division, saying it's time for Americans to stop seeing each
0: other as enemies. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds delivered the Republican response. It feels like President Biden and his party have sent us back in time to the late 70s and early 80s when runaway inflation was hammering families. A violent crime wave was crashing our cities. And the Soviet Army was trying to redraw the world map. For the first time in history, two women sat behind the president as he delivered the State of the Union, Vice President Harris and House Speaker Pelosi. Now to Ukraine. Russian troops are closing in on the capital and the bombardment of Kyiv and other cities has become more intense and more deadly. The U.N. now estimates almost 836,000 people have fled the country. Correspondent Charlie Daggett begins our coverage from the capital.
2: Ukrainian forces are today battling a Russian invasion on multiple fronts. In the south, Russians have launched sweeping offensives on strategic port cities along the Black Sea. Kurzon is now under control of Russian troops, according to local officials, the largest city yet to fall. In the east, the ferocious assault on Kharkiv, Ukraine's heavily populated second city, continues. The 40-mile convoy of Russian tanks and other military vehicles snaking toward the capital seems to have stopped in its tracks. A second military convoy has been seen moving in on the capital from the east. A current assessment predicts Russian forces could isolate the capital in a week and take it over 30 days after that.
1: This is Steve Futterman in Medika Poland. She is one of the newest people to leave Ukraine and enter this country. I feel safe and I'm happy that I'm here. Her name is Zoya, 20 years old. I'm so exhausted. I just want to stop the war. That's all. She began her trip in Kyiv, then went by train to Lviv. We stay like two days or three and then we come here, find car. It was a hard trip. And like many refugees, there are mixed emotions. She left her father behind. CBS News correspondent Vicky Barker has the story of one man who wouldn't give up reuniting with his family.
2: So I'm here at Manchester Airport. Heading to the
0: gate. With Russian forces on the move, Ian Omni quit his job as a teacher and began the desperate journey to reach his wife and two-year-old son in eastern Ukraine. So I made
2: it successfully into Ukraine last night.
0: Travelling by plane, train and car until... Guys, I made it. His family in Britain didn't want him to go, but... For me,
2: as a husband and a father, it was out of love and uh, anger, really, that drove me to come here. Adding... Love is not going to be separated by war.
0: Vicky Barker, CBS News. London. Oil prices are still surging. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. West Texas intermediate crude futures are up by 6%, $110 a barrel. That's the highest price since April of 2011. Crude oil prices are up by more than 17% over the last five trading sessions, and they are up 65% over the last three months. Wheat prices have reached a 14-year peak, and aluminum has hit a new record. It'll be Republican Greg Abbott versus Democrat Beto O'Rourke in the Texas governor's race. Both men have won their party's primaries. O'Rourke's plan.
2: We're going to have to increase the number of volunteers, increase the pace of their contacts, and then we've got to run the most aggressive,
0: vigorous campaign you have ever seen. Governor Abbott's going for a third term. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who's under FBI investigation, faces a runoff with George P. Bush. President Biden's pick to replace retiring Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer heads to Capitol Hill.
2: D.C. Appeals Court Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson has meeting set up with top senators from both parties today, including Illinois Democrat Dick Durbin, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and Chuck Schumer, the top Senate Democrat. The meetings happen in person at the Capitol. Schumer says the nomination will be historic. Once the Judiciary Committee completes its consideration of Judge Jackson, I will move to have her nomination come immediately to the floor of the Senate. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell says he plans a meeting today, too, and says a careful evaluation is needed for the nominee to succeed retiring Justice Steve. Breyer. Scott McFarlane, CBS News, Washington.
0: The start of the Major League Baseball seasons postponed after MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred announced the league and the players union couldn't agree on a new collective bargaining agreement after an extra day's worth of negotiations. It
2: takes two parties to reach an agreement and we will continue to be committed to that
0: process. Union President Tony Clark insists it's all about greed.
2: A
1: lockout is the ultimate economic weapon. In a $10 billion industry, the owners have made a conscious decision to use this weapon against the greatest asset they have,
0: the players. The first two series of the season are canceled, the league's first work stoppage since 1995. This is Ash Wednesday, and for some committed commuters, it may be coming to them. In places like Chicago, priests
1: are willing to meet people halfway, offering ashes to commuters on train platforms or at bus stops. After two years off, ashes to go is back. Father Peter Shevik has done it many times. I enjoyed running with this concept because my favorite invitation was get your ash over here. That brought people right over. In smaller cities, you might have to get ashes the old-fashioned way by going to church. Kyle Kimball for CBS
0: News, Springfield, Illinois. It's a tough time to be a Russian restaurant in New York City. The Russian Tea Room, which has been serving up borscht and Blinchik for 95 years, has been almost empty since Russia invaded Ukraine. A statement posted on the eatery's website condemns Vladimir Putin and professes solidarity with the people of Ukraine. And that's the World News Roundup. I'm Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News.